0: Hello, I'm Stuart Chittenden and this is Lives, a conversation featuring fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, business and more. My guest today is the singer, songwriter, and musician, Ali Peeler. Not only will we be in conversation, but we'll hear some of Ali's songs, including a couple of live rough cuts. Our conversation was recorded by Zoom, and with apologies, the connection on occasion is a little unstable. Ali Peeler is a singer-songwriter, ukulele instructor, mama, mentor, community organizer, and host of one of the most diverse talent-filled open mics in Omaha, which she has organized and hosted for nearly 10 years. She has helped create multiple programs for Omaha's public access cable channel, KPAO, including Omaha Sound and We Love Omaha. She is active on multiple boards of directors for creative organizations and nonprofits in town. Ali won the 2019 Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards for Best Americana and Folk Performer and enjoys performing with some of the most talented musicians around, including Andrew Bailey, David Hawkins, Mitch Town, David Downing, Colin Smith, Valerie Electric Radbol, Kristin Taylor, Pancho and the Contraband, and more. Allie enjoys writing empowering songs centered in our ability to create change and sustainability, and is inspired by her two young children, Asher and Otto. She is married to the extremely handsome and talented artist, Stephen Cavanaugh, parentheses, you don't have to say the handsome part, but he totally is, close parentheses. Ali, welcome to the show, and thank you for providing that bio.
1: Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad this worked out. (laughs) I was laughing. I was like, is he going to say the parentheses part? so true, though. What was it?
2: It's his birthday today, right?
0: (laughs) Um, I want to read a quote from an interview with Kevin Coffey in the Omaha World Herald. And, uh, you said this to him about a year ago, I want people to feel activated by the music, to be inspired to enact real change within our communities. Right now is not the time to feel defeated. We can create the world our children deserve. And that makes me want to ask so many things. And I'll start with a big question. Why do you create music?
1: I think music is the way many of us communicate and celebrate and mourn at times. And especially now we're feeling, we can't connect. Um, Music does connect us. And for the past, let's just say four years or much longer, even um, there's been this feeling of defeat, feeling like we're not being heard. And music is a way to communicate and to connect. And I've noticed there's a lot of people who, will listen to my music and connect with me and then kind of it kind of opens their heart and mind a little bit to, to maybe expanding some perspectives. That's how I expanded a lot of my perspectives. Um, I was fortunate early on in college. Uh, I went to Iowa State and I met some of the most creative people and we were doing some really powerful things and kind of shifting the perspective and actually enacting change. And I was very honored to be a part of that um, and I'm just reminded of that more and more every day here. Like we, we could be doing that here. You know, in Iowa at the time, we passed, we legalized gay marriage before the Supreme Court did. And people were like, Iowa? I was like, no, we demanded that. Doing this in empowering ways by writing music or going out and performing just to meet people. Because honestly, art and music is nonpartisan. Really, it connects a lot of people. And when we ha- start having these conversations, we realize so much more we have in common. And that's what I, I think really is ultimately going to save us, which is why I also think it's important through this pandemic that we make sure that these are important things that we save and um, support. And so that's, that's uh, kind of where I, where, why I create music,
0: I think. Do you come from a musical family? You know, what, what was your childhood like musically?
1: oh man that's so funny you say that because my parents would probably laugh so hard my father is a huge musical fan like when the broadway omaha would come to the orpheum and my dad he was in all the musicals growing up and so we had so such a love and appreciation of music and storytelling and performance um my mom would laugh so hard um because we always would sing in the house. I was more like a closet singer. I've always sang, but it was something like my parents were probably not surprised when after college I found that as my medium to express myself because I've always been singing. And my sister as well. She's a beautiful voice. She's a, a physician assistant at UNMC, and you'd never know it. We have t- we we took two different, totally different paths, but she's a beautiful voice, and and I always thought I would be on Broadway or something, you know, like when I was little, just because I I grew up around, I've never been in a musical. I've literally never been in a musical, but I I appreciated the storytelling, the art of it. Um, And a lot of that came from my father.
0: Is that something that you see translating downwards in a way? So, um, you know, back to that quote from earlier, you mentioned creating the world that our children deserve. And, and yes. so I, w- I wonder if if your household is one that your kids in the future will describe as uh, artistic and musical.
1: Oh, absolutely. So Steven, you know, my husband, he's an artist. You, um, I know this is radio, people can't see, but my whole back wall right here is covered in Otto's art because this is his school st- station. He's four years old, he's an amazing artist. We have music going constantly. Like in my house, we had a baby grand piano. We had like, we just were surrounded by the importance of, of music. My sister played clarinet. Um, we played violin for a bit and piano. Um, the boys definitely have their pick of drums. They're very percussive, heavy in the house. And we're like the opposite. Like for Christmas time, we're like, give them the instruments. We want, we want it, you know, um, to the point where we joke that maybe the kids, it's so normal for them. They don't realize that this is uh, not normally how people grow up. Uh, We joke that maybe they'll be tax accountants or something one day. Creative outlets are so important for young people. It teaches them problem solving. It teaches them connectivity, how to um, be solution oriented in a creative way. Which is why I try to empower people to realize they should be in places and spaces where decisions are being made. We should have creative ideas and minds because look where it's taken us. Look where we're at. We have people who, who maybe have a billion dollars or a million dollars, but they actually don't know the value of a dollar or they don't know the communities that are most deserving. So what I like to do is encourage people, hey, no, you, we should be in these places. We all should.
0: you performed with david hawkins and andrew bailey some uh, from porch concerts every saturday during the summer and i didn't realize that andrew um lived one block away
1: right no that was perfect time we were looking for outlets looking for safe outlets Andrew, it's, it's always been such a pleasure, I've known him for so long and watching him and his journey um, in New York and all over the world and touring with you know, Corey Henry and oh, just everything. It was just so inspiring to have him come back and get to play music and David Hawkins, oh my goodness, so one of the most amazing drummers, percussion, just people in general I've ever met. It, it just was really inspiring at a time when I am feeling a little like helpless, like you're like, you know, this virus is taking over, all of our gigs are canceled. And you know, and Andrew being like, let's all, cause we all live very close to each other, you know, like I'm just down the road and let's just go in the front and just play music for the neighborhood. And that was such a beautiful thing. And that's something i always remember. And I know Jackson Street will, and we joke joked that we'll go back, you know, even though they've moved.
0: Yeah. We we'd, uh, Jackson Street will welcome you back at any oh, any time. Right. So um, like
1: offering their front porches.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, well, well I'd offer i mine, and we have a natural slope here too. It would be the perfect oh, we'll stage setting. Um, we're for, joking. For
1: we already know a bunch of holiday tunes because we always would do. Ho- this is the first year ever we haven't you know had holiday parties. We played for companies and stuff, and like what are we gonna do? Like so we're trying to work out something a little fun
2: welcome everybody welcome jackson street welcome everybody watching online I was just about to say that. We are happy to see you on this beautiful, beautiful day.
1: Just so happens to be the last time we're gonna be performing here from this amazing spot, at least for a bit. Maybe we'll come back and do some, some stuff for you guys, but we've really loved performing for you all. And we appreciate everyone who's watched online, who's donated, who's given to an amazing cause, which is helping our creative community and those that have been suffering during this time of COVID.
2: So thank you all for
1: being where you are are in here present with us every week or every other week but it's been a lot to us it's meant a lot to us and a lot of people that you don't know people that mean a lot to us so we appreciate you all and we thank you for everything you've done sharing the videos donating each week throwing into the ukulele case as well we've got Andrew Bailey David Hawkins and myself Ali Peeler and we love coming out here playing for you guys so come grab a seat uh, watch online if you are and uh,
2: we're gonna have some fun today. Oh yeah, let's do
1: that. Yeah. I like these. It's just whatever Andrew calls we play.
2: We'd like to give a big shout out to the man over here, Mr. Stephen Cavanaugh and congratulate Hi. him on his art opening last night. That uh, I heard was a huge success. And I want to extend my public apologies for having something else going on and not being able to be there.
1: It was very cool. Project, project. There's so many wonderful venues and spaces that have just really shown and um, elevated artists and the creative community. So it's very...
2: Allie, real quickly, if you missed the show last night, how do you how do you go see it? Because well, it's up right? it for a month. So
1: yes, yeah. so it's up for a month, but um, because of COVID, you're gonna have to private message Project Project, or um, maybe even Steven. Hit up Steven Kavanaugh. And You can get a, a private showing of if you couldn't come out last
2: night. I wanna get a private yeah. showing. Right? Get a private showing. you love it. That's cool. What's the song, Allie?
1: Old Devils. This is by William Elliott Whitmore. He's an Iowa songwriter, and he's a great one. You should check him out. He just released a new album, too. Like I said, a lot of creative people. We've found ourselves with uh, some time and low funds and music. Good music. Really great music comes out of it, actually. But this song is called Old Devils. You should check it out. A lot of my songs are you know inspired by the boys and you know but before that too I, I was you know the first song I ever wrote was for Emmeline Pankhurst and and she is so inspiring to me like what a badass like and for some reason I go back to it's the easiest song I've ever, ever written it's two chords like let's just say uh it, it's not hard but that that one was always rang true to me because I do, I want I want that fire and tenacity to be filled in everyone. So I call on her. But so when I when I sing it, I am calling on Emily. And I'm calling for I'm calling for her to fill me up with this fire. I'm calling for her to fill everyone else up. So I think I, I think I'm gonna play Emily. I was not planning on this. I haven't practiced it, but just you saying that, like lyrics, the first song I ever wrote, and it came through. It's like it's a songlet. It's very short, but it, it came through all in once. And and I um, I think I'm gonna play that right now. I'd love for us to go down to the studio because of my internet.
2: We are here not because we are lawbreakers. We are here in the efforts to become Fight for what is right Or shall I say what's left Cause we are left standing in the ashes Of all all the suffrage and we won't go quietly Oh, we won't go silently It's my body, it's my voice It's my goddamn choice You can't take that from me, oh We are bold We are young We are old And we will not go No way We are strong We are proud We are here We are loud And we're mad We're mad hey hell In this I know In this I can tell There are dark daughters will adore us and the sing the singing grateful chorus Well done, well done, well done Well done, well done, well done Emeline, hey, hey, Emeline, hey, Emeline hey, Emeline, hey, hey, where are you? We need you to help us through these times
0: Uh, last year, um, the centenary of um, women's right to vote.
1: Yes. Yes. And that to me, oh, you it know, was really hard was Ruth Bader Ginsburg was supposed to come to town August 4th through the 6th. That was a planned trip. She was going to be in Omaha. And for a bit, um, we, I've been meeting with, you know, Emily Cox. We're trying to get Maha around because Maha was changing their date. And we were trying to organize a giant mass welcome party march where we're celebrating you know the anniversary of just a 100 years of us having the right to vote um and that was a really hard the covid you know obviously changed many things and the passing of rbg was really like a big ooh, hit to me and and you know the idea of you know until we have you know nine all, all women on, you know, or, or just women in places and spaces where decisions are made, you know, that has also really driven me to some choices I'm currently considering. And, you know, um, feeling the drive to, to make for myself, even kind of crossing over from music to trying to be in places and spaces where decisions are being made and, and give counsel to the city. And um, You know, that was, that was hard because I, I envisioned just women gathering, women, femme, folks, you know, non-binary, everyone just getting together, marginalized voices, taking to the streets and, you know, COVID made that really hard for us to gather. And, and we all had to kind of mourn. We've all had to mourn in, sil- or in solitude a little bit. And technology has allowed for us to do things like this, but the idea of not being able to, to get together and, you know, celebrate how far we've come, but how far we still need to go um, and though the greats who've really paved the way for us, you know, it's it's been a hard year. You know, musically, when we were doing the every every week doing the porch shows, you know, it seemed like there's another musician that passed. You know, when we try to learn a song or we tried to pay homage, and that was also hard because, you know, it's not getting to fully celebrate and mourn. You know, these these people that we, you know, John Prine was another really hard one when when he passed. They're just really inspiring and. and Wanting to do everything we can to to you know pay tribute to their lives and what they've done for you know many creative people or folks and yeah that that's something that's really you know every year for for Halloween I always dress up as a woman suffragette and Stephen laughs and you know Mary Poppins the whole you know Sister Suffragette song I sing it around the house all the time I always assumed I'd have daughters I have two sons but I'm raising them right they they certainly know how to you know appreciate and support and uh, raise up marginalized voices.
0: In terms of where you sing, there's a lovely little video vignette of you talking about, this is for Omaha Girls Rock, and you talk about where you sing. And uh, it seems that one of your uh, favorite places to sing and where you've put on many vocal shows is uh, uh, is in a bathroom and, and not just your own. It would seem that um, it's any bathroom anywhere all over the country. Uh, so so Absolutely. <laughs> tell us more about that
1: the best acoustics Bathroom's the best acoustics i even consider setting up this in the bathroom upstairs like when i when i do recording i just i love sound every bathroom i go into Stephen can to any person any of my friends can test this and i've made many of persons probably feel uncomfortable um, if i was alone and i was not alone um i just love how it sounds the, the echo the natural reverb is so beautiful and i encourage people to And right when I moved back from college, I was having a little anxiety, like singing and performing in front of people. This drunk old man at a bar said, hi, you sing in the shower, you sing in your car, you can sing in a bar. Like my parents would laugh too. I just would sing. I'd take the longest showers that, and I got a lot of hair. I would sing the entire time, you know. And um, I just, I encourage people to test the acoustics of every bathroom you go into with pain. You can hit some like great Notes. It's fun. I do encourage young people to do that too. That's where I learned my voice was in bathrooms. That's the only sometimes solitude time you get. Um and so I'm like, do it, do it. It's fine. You meet new friends. You do make friends in bathrooms. Like women know that, but, but it's, uh, it's it's funny. I do encourage that.
0: <laughs> well, uh the, the another thing you mentioned in in that little video vignette. It's less frequent that you take your ukulele into the bathroom, Right. Um, but you do take your ukulele. Uh, oh, your on in, in the car or just yes. and and we should hasten to add, of course, that you're not yes. the driver at this Driving. point. <laughs>
1: no, no. The best thing about road instruments because instruments, you know, harmonica, tambourine, mar- maracas. It's so funny too when people drive by and they see our car like having a full-on like musical experience. We've even had guitars. I have a guitar neck out the window or something like. It's so funny. Um, because you're just, you're making so many great memories and experiences for the kids or friends, you know, road trips. Anytime, I always like, ukulele is the perfect travel size instrument. I've taken it on airplanes. I've performed for people in airports. And I love it because I always will get food or drink. It's like the most universal skill. I'm so glad that like wherever I go, I can bring it. And it's so travel size. That's what I always tell young people and old people like the ukulele. Is such a wonderful instrument, the ukulele, uh, and and you know just four strings, four fingers. It makes more sense for a lot of people. They can pick it up pretty easily. I teach a lot of beginner ukulele classes, and I love watching like people then go and expand. You know, teach them from some scales, some you know music, a little music theory on it, and you can really expand on it on the on the uke. And It's such a beautiful instrument. It's really peaceful. I find it very calming in a crazy time. You know, you just like. Just the strum of it, it like something so peaceful about it, and you can't be upset and playing the ukulele, so you can't be unhappy and playing it. You can write sad songs, and I certainly do write some sad songs, but you can't really be super sad and playing it or, you know, performing for people. It's a funny little instrument, and you know, and I have been playing the guitar a lot more lately, which is funny, um, but it, the will always be my main, I think, go-to, because I do, I like to travel, I like to be in motion, and it's the perfect companion.
0: Thank you for answering that that way because I, I had wondered why the ukulele and it sounds as if there, there are, you know, the practical dimensions of it, but also, as you said, it's such a simple instrument. Well, I, I can't play it, but it's such a simple instrument to play and it's impossible not to be happy and emotionally drawn to it.
1: Right. I, th- I think a, a lot of people all over, you know, there's this, this community I found early on called Ukulele Underground and they have this big party every year called Ukulele World Congress in Indiana. It's this old hippie commune that has been transformed into one of the most magical places you'll ever see. There's people from all over the world, and it does. It speaks to people in different places and spaces in life and brings them together. And you know, people are all different skill levels, you know, all different ages, but it's such a beautiful instrument. Five years ago, I was in Hawaii. It's the only time I've ever been. But it was so amazing and just brilliant. We, I toured some of the the factories where they make it at the Koa Wood. And it's just the it's so oh, – it is. It's something that, again, like I've moved on playing other instruments, but it's one that I always, like, consider so close to heart with me. And I think a lot of people associate most with me because I do also teach it. But I do encourage it. I still love it. I love it. <laughs>
0: So, tell me more about your songwriting and um, kind of orchestration process. So, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the spirit behind your uh, your work, whether it's from a sort of an activist community-driven passion or it's just fun to do. Mm-hmm. But what's the process of creating a song for you?
1: So, it depends on kind of when. If I'm collaborating, if I'm in a space, there are different uh, processes or approaches. I'd say. If I'm by myself, a lot of times it's I'm really thinking on feeling or emotion or perhaps something I've been through. And, and to be honest, I do. That's the outlet I think songwriting can be for many of us is trying to help process things, right? So a lot of my writing is perhaps just processing things that are going in my life. And sometimes it'll take years before I really realize, oh, that's what I was meaning when I wrote this because I'll just let it come out. And do a lot of you know I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and I've I've started taking to emailing myself <laughs> um, things because I was just misplacing notebooks and mixing them up with Stevens notebooks. We have some beautiful just you know pictures and random writings, um, but so th- so a lot of times I just let it come through in the car. I always keep a notebook in the car when I'm driving. It's when I'm also. When I'm by myself, that's kind of my, my own time. <laughs> when I go to Aldi, right, <laughs> do some grocery shopping. I do a lot of little writing that way. Now, if I'm collaborating with someone, sometimes there's like a really a process. Perhaps someone started with a melody, you know, and maybe they're like, okay, this is the feeling. And then from there, we, we kind of come up with our, our own takes on that feeling. But I, I think there's always like a vibe. There's always something you're, you're going for. Most of my early songs were really just me processing things and to be real, a lot of them just came out real, real nuts. These are all almost like first, some people would say first drafts and they'd always tell me, Oh, rework that, rework that. I'm like, this is how it came out. And to me it was really magical. So it's hard for me to change things, even though they're not um, technical. Right. Cause I didn't know, I didn't know a lot of, you know, the music theory I know now, it was just more me feeling things. And to me, that I almost wish I can get back to that at times because it was just more like primal or more, um, I, I don't know, but uh, I wasn't trying to like, you know, cross off all the, you know, technical things or whatever. But um, that's why I do just encourage young people to, to write and process things out because what comes out actually is something you can't like force, Right. So those are my favorite act, to be honest, those are my favorite songs. The ones that almost seem to just flow.
0: Is it the lyrics that come, you know, come to you first or or do you have a tune in your head or, or do you even think about your style? Um, the way you sing, for example, the, or, you know, what, what kind of comes first in this kind of creative Genesis?
1: So when I'm driving, that it's how I would sing it comes out. Because to be honest, I didn't have the knowledge of what chords or things there were, you know, what I was doing. It's just this is how I'd sing it. So I've, you know, a voice recorder was something I always kept around. And now phones, I'm so blessed phones have on it. That sometimes it's forcing myself to sit back down and re-listen through those recordings. I just like in a moment, oh it came through, okay, record this. Okay, now I gotta readdress up. Um, that is to me the purest because the lyrics come out that way is how I sing it and how it comes out. So early on too, when I, when I would do things, maybe I'd find a chord progression I'd really like, and I played over and over again until lyrics would come. That's another way I kind of wrote some earlier stuff. Um, but lately now it's a lot of, uh, feeling it and it's hard to then write that down. Cause then I'll look through notes it's funny. Stephen laughs at me. I have a way of how I write too that tells me like if I'm going up or if I'm going down. Like so, my my own handwriting kind of reminds me of like how I sang it if I didn't have a an instrument to record it on. Um So I I'm the only one who can translate. Stephen says like my my notebooks sometimes is like oh yeah I remember that okay yeah oh and because of how I did that okay yeah and it's just chicken scratch. But I read it.
0: I can read it. I wonder if you would sing and perform an, another song Absolutely. and moving sort of down this spectrum of things that inspire you and, and maybe fill your life up are your kids. There's a song that you perform that talks about, you know, you give, you give, uh, you get what you give. Oh,
1: get what you give. Yeah, that's that one. So some songs come out of me lecturing my children <laughs> and, and it's in love, in love. And get what you give was, was that song, you know, my oldest son, Asher, he, oh, he's so amazing. He's six and my youngest Otto is four, and Otto looks up to Asher so much, and they are brothers, and they play, and they love each other dearly. They wrestle hard, they play hard, and when they were younger, um, Asher would, you know, bite or hit at Otto, who was much smaller. But Otto is—he's growing, and he's getting a lot bigger, and. And I was like, you watch it, you're teaching him. You're teaching him how to play. So if you do that to him, he's going to do that to you. And he might do it a little harder. So you're going to get what you give. So initially it kind of was like that lesson. But I think there's so much truth in that. You do get what you give. And kind of, you know, I mentioned with Stephen, like we give is give, give because we, we also get and get you know back from our community it's beautiful but yeah i no, i'd love to play that song it's a fun one it's another songlet because it came out just me literally i sang i, I sang it at asher and i was like well that's a song like you know and i've, I've done that many times when i was potty training them you know i joke like i just need that kid's album just to come out with but but this uh yeah here's get what you give other Recording that with Andrew, I, I did also with Colin Smith. I have a practice session I'm putting out, but I'm excited to actually release that one.
0: I think we're all aware that there are so many groups of people that have been affected really badly, and that includes, you know, people in the in the performing world too, and that very much includes you. So, how has um, what have been some of the impacts on you as a performer this this year? Talk about COVID mm-hmm. and the pandemic.
1: I could literally show you my calendar. It's so sad. Um, Every wedding I had was canceled. You know, we do a lot of uh, gigs and tours. We had tours. Everything was canceled. And the hard part about this was I couldn't get any assistance or um, uh, any unemployment. Because when it comes to proving loss of income, I couldn't prove any of that. You know, um, luckily, we were doing those live streams. And that was kind of keeping us afloat. You know, my husband blessed with his job. Um, he was still kind of working. I was, I still, you know, I was doing some zoom. I do zoom ukulele beginner lessons. Um, but it's been hard. It's been really hard. I still am shocked that we haven't had another stimulus. Um, I'm grateful and thankful for the support system I have, you know, when it came, there are times literally, this is so like almost embarrassing to admit, but there are times when our community would come forward with like dinner or something. You're like, Thank you. Like, cause rarely do you want to be like, all right, so we're having a frozen pizza or something, you know, like that's just the reality of industry workers and feeling not safe. You know, when I was even going back, I had to stop doing the open mics. So, you know, we're talking I've been doing ten years every Wednesday. And, you know, and I haven't done that for the last like month and a half because COVID numbers were just taking over the industry workers and and I'm very proud to say I finally got health insurance, uh the Medicaid through Medicaid expansion, you know, my kids' health insurance, my husband's I haven't for years. Um, because as a musician, and you know, we're talking about the unpredictability of everything, I it just it wasn't a feasible thing. I was like, I would go to the doctor if I need to, and I have a needed to, you know, and I just don't have a thousand bucks a month. Um so I'm very grateful that as a state we voted to expand Medicaid, so that I, for the first time, have health insurance. And that was also a big fear when I was doing the open mic, and people were come, you know, was finding out very peripheral that you know people were testing positive, it was going through the industry community, and I'm like, I can't, I have asthma, I can't risk this. You know, I'm only getting a fraction of what I was making, and it's sad to say, like, is this worth it? Because you want to support these local venues and spots that are creative outlets that need our support. And I was feeling so torn asking people to come out, you know, um, during a time when our numbers are so high and our hospitals are so like full. Um, so it's it's been difficult, you know, wanting to support these avenues that our government, our local and national government, haven't seen as a priority, um, but to me it is so it, it's been really hard balancing that. Um, the idea of wanting to support our venues that are they're closing some of my favorite. Music spots across the country have had to close, um, and it's it's real. It's heartbreaking. These are people's livelihoods. It's it's dedication. They've put decades into some of these spots, some of the greatest shows I've ever seen. You know, the Vaudeville Muse in Des Moines had to close. You know, Lookout Lounge in Omaha closed. Just seeing these these venues and bars and places, you know, suffering because it's not a priority to those in our you know
0: in our government what have you been doing to um, kind of pivot in, in, in ways that you can, you mentioned, for example, doing some, you know, ukulele instructions yes. online and you've, you've, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about the porch sessions outdoors, right. but they but they're, you know, essentially they were just bonuses for, for us as a neighborhood. So I, I'm curious about what you've done. And I want to mention one thing that I saw that I was, I only found out recently, so I was too late to buy into it, but, uh, something with shut-in uh, sessions.
2: Yeah, the the, the
1: Vistra, I, That was so cool. I felt, you know, to be honest, the timing of it wasn't right, and I feel so bad. But I got to do this thing where I made I made personal recordings, and I did. I had quite a few orders, which was great. But I just felt so bad promoting it because it was at a time when we had a lot of unrest, even in Oma. We're dealing with Jake Gardner and and all of oh man, you no know, Juju, everything. That was more time. So it's hard for like, oh, everyone buy a vinyl for me. Um, It was a very, very cool opportunity I had. So I um, I had people, you could buy a song and I recorded it for them. And the Records in um, Brooklyn, they hand cut each record that went out. And that was a really cool thing. I considered almost in it again because I did feel so... Bizarre promoting that, you know, I felt really weird, you know, when I wanted to help my community um, And it appeared like I was trying to help myself which is hard because yes I am trying to bring in some money for you know, like for for my family Um, and And that was really difficult. You know, there were a few places. I did feel safe. There's during the summer There's some outdoor spots, you know, I was playing um, An exarbon village. They do some big outdoor things midtown crossing was doing outdoor outdoor things But when the weather turned, that was really difficult. Um, I helped schedule out some outdoor shows for about a month and a half um, for some friends in their neighborhood. And that was, you know, like I've always, that's what I mean, there's always been pockets of me being able to, to, you know, adjust and, um, you know, make do with the situation.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Where is your product? Um, Have you recorded? Uh, something. I mean, you've been performing for a long time. And, and so I'm curious, um, w- where's your product?
1: Thank you for for bringing that up. I have been recording many different places and studios. Something that I'm really recognizing about myself it, and, and the artist and many of us is this perfectionism. There's a lot of songs that I think when I was younger and just starting out, I it was harder for me to speak up for myself. So some of the earliest recordings I have, I feel like just don't reflect what I wanted the songs to be. It was hard for me to say, oh, you know, this isn't actually what I like. And it's funnier because I'm just stripping so many things down and just <laughs> having it just be me and the ute. Because sometimes I'm like, well, that's all how I envisioned it. And it's hard because when you collaborate with someone, you know, they'll hear a bass line or they'll hear, you know, a drum fill or they'll, you know want to add to it and compliment and i love doing that we talk about collaboration i love that i think early on i was so excited to record that i also was scared to speak up for myself or didn't know how to so i sat on a lot of recordings because they i weren't i didn't think they're reflective and then it came down to like well how do i want to release some of this old stuff like quietly because i'm embarrassed i haven't released it you know i i just recently have been getting back up on, you know, Districtit or CD Baby, get everything. Okay, I can put it up on all the sites, so why don't I do it? Um, it, It's something that I encourage everyone to do, even every Wednesday. You know, bring a flash drive. You can get a live recording put it out in the world. Put your music out there. I'm like, Ellie, you're telling everyone to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Um, And, yeah, a a lot of that does come with me having to to face, like, letting go of a song, you know, letting it – be done, or letting it just be what it is, and I think a lot of artists do kind of um, battle with that, and that is a huge battle I've had. Um, and and actually, and sometimes it's getting those recordings from the studios as well. That's also been a challenge, and 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 wanting to properly, um, you know, master and pay for people to to do it right as well has been a hurdle. I think, you know, when I, started, when I started getting pregnant and having kids, a lot of my focus and let's say financial focus went to the family and not to perhaps that, you know what I mean? But I do, I have, you know, like I have songs ready to go. And I even say, I have this great practice sessions with Colin Smith that we've been saying, just put it out there, put it out, there, it's great. And Andrew Bailey and I working on um Lion Eyes and Get What You Give. I'm like, okay, I just gotta put it out. Like why what am I? We still have to, I do have some, you know, mixing that still has to be done. But it's it's making that a priority. Um, that has been a really big um reminder for myself. You know, like when I, I get on my, you know, TV and I can be like, Alexa, play, you know, Kristen Taylor, play little rooms, play and then it'll play their song, play John Craigie, like my friends. And I love it that I can hear it. And they'll say that to me all the time. Like, I can't say, play Allie Peeler, you know, and the song doesn't pop on. And so I'm like, okay, I am actively working to change that, Stuart. So hopefully soon we can say, you know, hey, I'd like to hear this, you know, and then, you know, Emmeline will play, or you know, one of these songs. So that that is a really big goal of mine because it's almost – not to say embarrassing that I don't, I haven't released everything um, or anything really. Um, but it is a reminder that I, I need to have my words match my actions. You know, if I'm encouraging others to do this, I need to to be a leader and do it myself. You know,
0: what is your thinking around? What are your aspirations in terms of a a career in music. I mean, it's totally fine for you to say, I just play because I I like to do it. it. Like I don't have to have a product Mm -hmm. to make me feel like I'm a musician, but I'm wondering if you do have aspirations to be sort of a career musician.
1: Absolutely. You know, and the whole idea of, Oh, having a vinyl was just such a, a dream for me. So getting, getting to do that was so wonderful. Um, in, in a financial way I could do it. Right. Um, still looking into i'd love to press a vinyl I'd, I'd love to have that so i do have goals i have i have dreams um when it comes to getting my music out there and letting it go right letting it go just um letting it be what it needs to it doesn't have to be huge mega hits or whatever it's just letting my songs be what they need to be and um you know i've loved performing with many different bands as well, you know, and I have recorded, I have recordings out on other album, you know, other people's music. And that encourages me to, okay, you know, like, Ellie, you got to do this for yourself and for my kids. You know, I, it makes me, oh, I feel proud that, you know, t- to have that. But when it comes to goals, you know, um, I really see myself in, uh, especially in Omaha. It's so hard because, you know, I used to, before I had the boys, I would think, Oh, New York, you know, I'm gonna go to New York. I still, I still want to. One of Stephen's best friends, Evan, is an amazing artist in in Brooklyn, and we'll go and visit him. And sometimes we're like, oh, we get an extended stay, you know, and do shows. And Stephen can do art shows, and I can play music. So we still have a lot of like I'd love to still travel, and we had a lot of goals to do this year. Um, just kind of pushing him back a little bit, um, but yeah. The, the idea of taking it to the road. I, I've always wanted to expand into even Nebraska, Western Nebraska. I always thought, you know, my problem when it comes to election cycles is this idea of, you know, Omaha being the blue dot and the sea of red, but there's so much if we were to bring, you know, I want to take it to the road, just go West and just play music for people and just open some, my, my experiences to, you know, other people and, and other people's experiences to me. Um, so that's been a really big goal. And I would like to see Omaha, um and progress in that sense um some other goals I had you know I mentioned you know running for city council I could see myself pursuing that for four years not even making I don't want a job of it I just want to be try to help the city get back on track a little bit because I do I see it we've lost our way and um I, I feel like that is a very viable goal and so it's hard to be like oh are you a musician you want to be a politician it's like no I don't want to but I feel like I need to at times. So, so my goals have kind of shifted, um, but it's always been a priority of mine to, to do something like that. So that's um, a weird answer, I guess, is kind of where I'm at because I am trying to figure that <laughs> out. Do, do you do a tour or do you, do you run for office? Do you, you know, like trying to balance these desires I have or sometimes I just feel like this is what I need to do. I do need to put out my music. I love to travel. I love to meet people. I, I'd like to expand into Nebraska. Like, I keep thinking go up far, but as this, you know, pandemic reminds me, like, bring it back, bring it back in, bring it local, keep it in. Um, and just do, do what I can on this scale. Because I think, you know, like small little acts like that really, really do make a really big you know, impact.
0: Would you mind playing us one final song on the way out?
1: Absolutely. I have this... uh
0: My guest today has been the singer, songwriter, and musician, Ali Peeler. Ali, thank you so much for being with us.
2: No, thank you so much,
1: Stuart. This is wonderful. I've missed you. I've missed those times where I get to see people in real life. I hope too when things slow out. I mean, we can come to the studio or something. <laughs> out know, upstairs going <laughs> <laughs> across. <laughs> my He's doing his ab roller. I hear him ab rolling upstairs. I'm sorry. Too. He's got
0: some great abs.
1: He does have great abs. Let's talk about that first.
0: Talk about how handsome he is. <laughs>
1: he is so handsome, Stuart. He is.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad this is radio because otherwise it. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll just put me to shame and I, I don't want to be embarrassed by your incredibly handsome husband. Oh my
2: husband. gosh. <laughs>
0: That's the end of this week's show. You can listen again to this show and others by subscribing to the podcast at livesradioshow.com and find us on social media at Lives Radio Show. The music playing you in and playing you out each week was created specially for the show by Andrew Bailey. I'm your host, Stuart Chittenden, and this is Lives Radio Show and Podcast. Join me next week for fresh voices and diverse perspectives on culture, community, and more.